Yo, right, we're back. It's been a while. Um, has actually been probably the longest time I've not posted a video since I started YouTube. Um, in my year and a bit long YouTube slash podcast side hustle career, it's episode 21 of Documenting the Journey. Um, I feel like there's a load of shit to catch up on. And as usual, I'm going to probably try and keep it really brief and concise and actually informative. And I'm probably going to ramble to fuck. But... I ultimately started this series because I want to be able to look back on it in years to come and that means through the good and bad times and times when I want to record and don't want to record. I guess in recent weeks for many reasons I didn't want to record as much. Um, Just got myself in a fucking rut which maybe I'll speak a little bit about and maybe more in the future but yeah I didn't really want to film today either because I get into the it's like when you don't do a podcast for a while doing the next one's difficult but you know fucking hell I want to do these episodes for myself if not anyone else my future self and that's the reason I'm back on it so episode 21 I suppose as usual I've written down a bunch of shit I'll talk about probably not very useful not sharing a screen people probably don't even learn much from this it's just me documenting shit and you know the nosy element of everyone in society ultimately finds that interesting I think in these little niche e-com communities so yeah, in the interest of that, there's a surprising amount of people that actually give a fuck about what I say, have kind of realised in the past week or two, again, for a few reasons. And I guess that motivates me to keep doing it. It motivates me to probably want to get back on the pod as well, which maybe we'll speak about, but certainly just documenting my stuff. And if it inspires people or fucking people find it interesting, then, you know, beyond just my own selfish endeavour to want to look back on it in years to come, then maybe that that's kind of a motivator for me so yeah we're back on it every week has always been the plan um i know there's been a bit of chopping and changing but yeah what's been going on fuck so it's three and three weeks since i did the marathon um which obviously i wouldn't shut up about i feel like i had a bit of like gold medal syndrome after that i was like which obviously it's not that great of an achievement there's obviously fucking levels to it but like athletics wise for me it kind of was um and then after that i was like ah that was cool done that now um what's next and I think having goals that are separate to business obviously like my prim- my primary goal over the next few years is to build a fucking huge business make a load of money build something cool have a big impact on an industry which I care about but beyond that I think having goals that are physical that are more tangible and shorter term and more easily controllable in the shorter term which for me running is like the perfect one because it's just me versus me every single day and yeah I kind of had a bit of a dip after that where I thought oh was that it it was like kind of disappointing. Um, I guess like that rush of everyone telling you how amazing the run was, blah, 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 kind of wears off. And then you think, ah, I've done it now. What's next? I haven't decided what's next. I'm kind of going back to a hybrid training routine. I've joined CrossFit, which I'm going to like twice a week. Some people will probably fucking hate that, but I just wanted to get away from the gym. Like just train it by myself, try something new. Still running probably like two or three hours a week with a bit more, more like cycling as well for my cardio so definitely not chopping out cardio because I want to stay in shape but like hybrid training I suppose for me like weights crossfit bit of running but not the obsessive 100k a week plus I was doing for the past like 3-4 months so yeah I'm, I might end I'm into, I've got a place a good for age entry guaranteed now as of like yesterday in April which I might or might not do I'll decide closer to the time I don't know if it's as romantic and poetic if I was to do a marathon again I'd obviously have to go like 2.45 or better so like sub 2.45 to make it worth my while in my head or certainly sub 2.50 but ideally sub 2.45 so we'll see we'll see with that where that goes um, 
other shit that's been going on. I mean, I don't know if that was triggered by the fucking come down of not doing or finishing the marathon, but I'm not going to make this a video about this because I don't know if I've just I don't know if I'm ready to like speak this openly about my challenges with my mind, as many people are kind of aware of. I've sort of loosely touched on them in like podcast episodes, probably the episode with Iman in like ages ago, I think about a year ago now. Episode that was my friend Lucas interviewing me kind of touched on that in a bit more depth. If anyone's got to like one hour into that, and then probably over time, but yeah. Um, I put a fucking tweet up the other day which was out of character but it was in the moment and it was a dark moment and I don't know if I regret putting that up I don't think I do ultimately because it's it was the reality at the time um, but yeah if anyone knows what I'm talking about that is something I feel a lot of times and deal with um but I'm probably gonna, I'm probably just gonna grow a pair of fucking balls and, and do a proper video, like half an hour long, speaking about this because it's something that has massively affected my entire life and probably a lot of other people. And I think it might be useful to hear it from my perspective because I know from the outside in, probably more than I realise, a lot of people look up to me in many ways, certainly younger people, and and have looked at my life, I guess, historically on like Instagram and bits of YouTube, and just, you know, thought it was everything that they might want or whatever, but. And I've tried to be really authentic and transparent and just be my fucking self on the pod and throughout this whole YouTube shit. That's kind of been something I'm proud of. That I've been very open about stuff, but probably not to the full extent of like, I guess, challenges with my mind and stuff that I've lived with for years, kind of privately. And I know it's a controversial subject, like fucking mental health and shit, but that's actually kind of why I want to try and like change the world with psychedelics and mushrooms. There's a bigger motive there than just... I want to build a DC brand and sell it because that's great, but that's genuinely not the core mo- the core driver. Um, and I also think it'd be interesting to me to speak about my experience with microdosing and macrodosing, but predominantly microdosing, which I think has had a profound impact on my life and periods where I have not done that for kind of self research purposes, if you like, and other reasons. I've seen a drastic difference um, the past few weeks were one of those times when I wasn't doing that and you know correlation causation I don't know but I'm probably going to put a video together speaking about all that because that is fundamentally like my own challenges are ultimately the core driver of why I want to build this business in this space which sounds like really it might sound flippant and like delusions of grandeur or whatever but, but that genuinely is like why I'm interested in this space in like a 10 20 year basis like the whole psychedelic renaissance and shit so maybe I'll do a video speaking about that in depth because I think that could really give people a lot more perspective on what I'm trying to do here and as much as that's like very personal and probably should be private in many ways I feel like I've got to the point where I've shared almost everything in my life on this fucking channel and the podcast and shit that maybe I should just grow a pair of balls and go one step further and just like really open it up because I just think it's probably net beneficial for society and a large portion of people that happen to watch my shit if I was to share like a more in-depth story from me on that side so yeah maybe we can speak about that more in depth in another video when I'm more when I just fucking grow a pair of balls and want to speak about it but for now I'm just implying that there is some shit I want to speak about there um, what else is going on? Yeah, Christ, I turned 27 last week, which is fucking mad. And 
don't know about you, but every time I get a year older, I think, fuck, like, this is going to sound really miserable and pessimistic, but I, I tend to just think, fuck, I'm not, like, every year, regardless of where I am, probably particularly this year, I think, oh, this is not who I thought I'd be and where I thought I'd be by this age. And for me, just to put it bluntly, I don't know if this is just delusion or just the way my mind works, probably. But I thought by 27, I would be way further ahead than where I am right now, um, which might sound absurd. And I'm actually very aware that that sounds fucking absurd to probably 99.9% of society because I have, have achieved a lot of things, I've done a lot of things, I've built a vast amount of experience for my age, I think probably most importantly, particularly on like the fucking, on the failures and shit. Um, and I am proud of the things I've done and built and kept my integrity intact through the ups and downs. But I, I just feel like ultimately, yeah, that fucking keeps me up at night sometimes. And I think, wow, I'm either like, I either need to like work on my self-esteem or confidence or I need to get less successful friends. And I'm definitely not doing the latter. So it's probably the first. Because yeah, I just, I honestly th- thought I'd be further ahead by 27. And anyone would look at my life and say that's fucking absurd. And I'm very aware of that, but that's just the way my brain works. And maybe it'll always be like that. Maybe that's the curse of driven people, I guess. Like the bar is always moving and it's never enough. But, you know, on that note, and excuse this being a rambling episode, but I feel like it's maybe valuable to document it and to other people. On that note, I looked back a year ago when I felt like I hit rock bottom ultimately on like my 26th birthday. And first I don't fucking physically recognize myself at all to the point where I like, I, I was gonna do a Twitter thread on it, but I, I was actually like too ashamed to post it. But secondly, it's like, wow, a lot can happen in a year. So like a year ago, I didn't even know I would be getting into the mushroom space. I've now got what is a multi seven figure run rate business after the first six months you know, raise all funding, like, like it's kind of, the alchemy of entrepreneurship is truly fucking incredible. And I guess when you, looking back at a year, a one year period, I think it's a good time frame to assess things. And yeah, basically the point I'm trying to make, not very concisely is I look back a year ago and I think, fuck, I was in a much worse spot then. And I've definitely changed a lot of things. Um, And yeah, which kind of goes which sounds completely hypocritical because I just said I don't feel like I'm ever doing enough or not where I want to be. I guess I'm still not, but like looking back a year ago when I definitely was in the worst place I've ever been. Um, yeah, you know the story on that. Um, at least in my head I was. And it reflected in like my physique and how I looked and shit. But yeah, I, I really have fucking turned it around and built something in the last year. So that's the, the magic of entrepreneurship, I think. And it just proves that I have the skills. And yeah, I'm pretty proud to have done that. It's never fucking enough. And it never feels like it's enough, certainly not now. But yeah, the transformation has been pretty biblical to be fair, <laughs> at, le- at least physically and visually, um, which maybe some people have noticed gradually. But like, if you saw the side by side, which maybe I will post on my Twitter, it's pretty fucked. So yeah, the, the point on that is like, Christ, in another year, when I get to 28, you know, I like to think about where I could be then because I, I think as well, growth can be like bamboo. Like you can often feel like not much has happened in a year, even though for me it has. But then you could do like 20x in every way in one year because, you know, your efforts have compounded, your network is compounded, like finally things click, whatever it is. So it's never going to be linear growth in life 
whether that's business, relationships, mentally, whatever. But I really think, especially in, in, in these sort of vehicles, entrepreneurship, things can happen rapidly. But often it can feel like nothing's happening for years or certainly a long period. And then, you know, in, in a short period, things can change super, super quick. So, and that is something I was speaking about with a friend and my first and biggest investor in the business. Um, and it's topical because we were speaking about this other night. We, we caught up and we hadn't seen each other for like six months, um, which is Jack, the founder of Wayflyer, who is a fucking freak of an entrepreneur and someone that super inspires me to an insane level. And we went for a few drinks and shit. And I, I wrote down, like, I do this when I'm drunk usually. I get all fucking gassed and inspired. But I write it down to the next day when I'm not feeling as drunk and inspired. I can refer back to it. And so many things he said, which I'm not going to specifically share. But, like, the, I think that point he drilled into me. You know, things can change so quick. Because, don't quote me, I don't want to speak for him. But he, he went from being 28 and broke, I think, in his words, to now 31, maybe nearly 32 and you know, his net worth is nine figures. Like quite literally, that that's not even exaggerating. And you can build a business that's valued at billions and, you know, 500 plus employees. And, and that's the fucking alchemy of entrepreneurship. It, obviously that's fintech, it's not, it's not D2C, like valuations, whatever, different, but it's fucking insane. And this is like someone I consider to be pretty normal. And like, that's kind of the most inspiring part because it's not like you're looking at Elon Musk or whatever. And I just don't think I'm Elon Musk and 99.999% of us are not. Elon Musk in terms of like IQ level but yeah I'm just super inspired by the people around me like not just him he's just one example that was relevant because I hadn't seen him until this week but yeah fuck I think that is my greatest asset and I'm fucking rambling but like I look around at all my close friends and I'm inspired by them and I probably don't tell them enough um, I think some of them can go to the fucking gym a bit more but I say that to their face but in terms of like the business shit they're doing and it really is, there's levels to everything and so cliche, but cliches are cliche because they're true and like, you know, you are the average of the people you hang around with and the one thing I've never slipped up on, I think, just by being my fucking self is, you know, building a, gr- a great group of people around me and, you know, investors and mentors, I guess more recently, like older people, which I've intentionally brought into my life to give me some more fucking wisdom, which I didn't have in the past few years and that's paying dividends in itself and, yeah, I just think you can't lose. I actually genuinely believe on a long enough time scale you cannot lose at all if you have good people around you. I truly believe that. So, yeah, that's kind of a few like life topics I was going to speak about. And I, I guess just like I always write fucking notes, but tries to keep me on track, but it doesn't. And then like seasons of life because I was reflecting on like summer and shit, and I felt like I was having a lot, lot more fun. And Christ, that's pretty fucking normal in it, but. This feels like a grind season for me right now. Like I haven't got any trips planned for a while. Probably go to Dubai in like December. I was meant to go to Bali last week, but it got cancelled, which is probably good. And yeah, I think the life of you know people in general is obviously seasonal, but certainly entrepreneurs is very seasonal. Um, the ups and downs, you know, monk mode, whatever. Enjoy life a bit more in summer. That tends to be how it works for me. But I feel a huge opportunity the next few months, and I, I really don't want to fucking mess up and miss it. So. Going all in. I guess coming on to the business a bit more, if you're still fucking watching, 16 minutes in. Um, we now have six months of data. And I should, maybe I'll show bits of this going forward, but I just don't want to shoot myself in the foot and regret doing it. We now have over six months of data, trading-wise, so like six months and two weeks nearly now, but six months when we made this switch and essentially have pivoted the entire business to be, well, certainly in terms of the ad account, which I guess kind of drives the, the entire business at this stage, to be entirely like subscription focused so 
90% of our ads now, I believe, I could be wrong, I don't really look in that account on a day-to-day basis, the agency does, but all our ads are now subscription focused. So, you know, running ads to acquire subscribers rather than just acquiring one-time customers. The reason for that is essentially in layman's terms and the numbers might not be exact, but like the six-month LTV is like 160 quid on average on subscribers. And we know that because we've got six months of subscribers. It'd be better if we had a year because obviously it'd be twice as much data and more reliable and so on. But we know it's it's more than double the six-month LTV of a standard one-time customer, which obviously means we can go from effectively a CPA target of like, 35 quid to I think break even with subscribers after you know taxes shipments all that shit it's like 90 quid so you're nearly tripling the amount you can spend to acquire a customer profitably over a six month basis which obviously means we can run cost caps at a much higher bid and scale way quicker and in the past two weeks started to test this and that hypothesis has been proven to be true and that's like ah hold on this is how we can scale this to a million a month by like the end of the first year potentially which is still my goal by the way um, that might be aggressive for a few reasons, which I'll come on to. But the challenge then obviously becomes cash flow, essentially, because if we know we're break even with the subscriber after, say, you know, between month, probably month four, is um, in up to that CAC level. Obviously, if I CAC 60 quid, we could be break even or profitable after two and a half, three months, but, but you get the point. We're not getting paid up front, so we need to plug that gap of two to four months realistically until we're break even again, depending on the CAC and level of spend. And then that becomes the challenge. And it's like, all right, well, there's a great case to potentially go out and raise a few million quid because you know, six months of data, solid track record. Every month has been significantly bigger than the previous. We've got great customer reviews, we've got a lot of data now, we've got over 20,000 customers, blah blah blah. But obviously, I don't want to dilute the fuck out of myself and my early investors. So there's obviously a lot of options. Um, one of them being something like Wayfly, you know, there's loads of cash facility options out there. Um, and then it comes down to obviously modeling it all out. And I have two finance guys in the business now. And obviously I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not running that part of the business, but I'm certainly very on top of it because I know probably more than most actually that things can go from very, very good to very, very bad. Um, usually down to cash flow. And yeah, I learned that the very hard way at the end of 2020. So obviously very on top of that and just trying to figure out basically how hard we can go. Um, so I'd say like cash flow with subscriptions in mind and stock are the two most challenging things because I truly believe I could do a million quid next month in revenue if we had enough stock. We just don't have enough stock. So I can't do a million quid in revenue, you know, hypothetical. And that's that's obviously the challenge of econ. Um, and that's challenging enough with one skew. Dream Dust, Dream Dust, Dream Dust is launching at the start of December. You know, I want to keep it very focused, Rainbow Dust and Dream Dust for like the next six months probably. I think that's a nice two primary skew offering, obviously with the accessories and shit on the side to make bundles, whatever. But yeah, that's basically the way I'm looking at business now. It's like the enti- the North Diametric is subscribers and an LTV to CAC ratio and retention. And it completely changes how you look at the business financially. And like, obviously when, when we get to month 12, you know, maybe I'll see that the LTV is, of a subscriber is hopefully like 250 pound plus. And then we could hypothetically spend, I don't know, 170 pounds to acquire a customer, something like that. Um, which would basically mean the business is fucking lethal. And if we have enough cash, we could probably scale it to like 3 million quid a month on paper within like a few months after that. But you know, this is all hypothetical at this point, of course, but that's the way I'm thinking about the business now. Um, and I've had a lot of advice from a lot of people telling me not even to look at like, 
not not to even look at the revenue and certainly not like the net profit on a monthly basis yet look at subscribers and LTV as like the driving metric obviously cash becomes the bigger problem as I've just said but then in it I'm rambling here as well sorry it's just the way my brain works <laughs> but but then also in like a kind of a yearly or three yearly basis and I've always thought this way and there's a lot of debate about this on like Twitter and stuff but certainly for a subscription business, business I think it's even more true is the primary financial goal of the business should be to increase enterprise value and how much is it worth to the right investor or buyer for X, Y, Z reasons, not how much EBITDA can we make in the first year or how much revenue can we do. Obviously, those two factors, particularly in DTC Econ, this isn't a tech business. Revenue and EBITDA, of course, and every other fucking financial KPI, those two being the primary ones, obviously lend themselves to an increased um, EV enterprise value how much is the fucking business worth but ultimately the EV how much the business is worth the valuation is actually a more important metric so everything that I do and the reason I say that is because for example 3 million a year that's entirely subscription in the first year say hypothetically when we know that the LTV is 300 quid per customer is massively more valuable than 30 million in the first year in revenue but none of them are subscribers. We're just churning 20 mil on fucking Facebook ads, losing money, and the LTV is 60 quid. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. Because the first one, scenario A, might look smaller in the short term, but actually the long-term growth potential, like the trajectory is way more attractive for investors, buyers, and ultimately the bottom line long-term as well. Because you know, if you're a subscription business with a high LTV, you could pull the plug on ads and still have all your subscription revenue, then overnight you can be very, very, very profitable. I'm talking like 50% plus EBITDA on paper. So yeah, that's basically the way I'm thinking about the business. Um, maybe I should start doing like iPad drawings or some shit to like illustrate this, but hopefully that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of brands. I always read, read about acquisitions, investments, all this shit probably like anyone that watches this channel that's literally like my equivalent of watching fucking love island i read about this shit because i'm genuinely interested um and i always have been i'm reading like certain brands that i know i'm not going to name um there's one or two particularly that been a hot conversation today between myself and a few others like raising like 10 mil plus and i know for a fact their numbers are not significantly bigger than mine and and i'm only six months in um obviously you never know the full picture with like articles that release press releases whatever but it makes me think like fucking hell like if I can get this to a year or even better 18 months without having to raise any more capital which is a challenge but it's possible certainly a year if I want to go super aggressive then you know provided the market's not completely fucked um, which is out of my hand and all of our hands of course then I could probably take this to market and hopefully raise raise money that makes sense for the business and is required for growth if that's the case at a freaking healthy valuation or an inflated valuation in many ways based on what I'm reading about other brands in, in a similar space i.e. subscription supplements so I have a guess who I'm talking about there's quite a few applicable brands but there is one that I was reading about earlier and it just blew my mind so yeah that sort of shit gets me gassed um, I think the early stages of a brand are always like the riskiest in terms of just dying and running out of money fortunately um largely because I've had a lot of experience where that has happened and it was incredibly painful and I learned a fuckload and I was in the boat by myself. This time I'm not in the boat by myself. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make that same mistake again. Obviously there's a lot of factors involved in that. 
but yeah I think I've got a pretty solid chance of building something very valuable over the next few months and I think you know the the first six months has proven my concept and my theory and now it's really just a case of executing it at bigger scale and trying to intentionally keep things as fucking simple as possible um because yeah it's super fucking important but anyway I'm rambling um I feel like one final thought I'll leave you with and then I'll just fucking post this and wonder who actually watches this shit <laughs> is um, I read a tweet the other day or something and it was like deep down everyone knows there's a few things they could do that would completely shift the, traje- the trajectory of their business or their life or whatever it is their network their social life and you just don't do it because deep down you just have fears whether that's like childhood fears or whatever I'm not entirely sure what those things are that I'm not doing but one of them is probably not sharing my bigger vision a bit more which is kind of what I alluded to at the start and like the reasons for that and my own personal struggles that make me want to have an impact in that way I suppose putting videos out like this and doing the podcast is probably some of the things I've deep down like shied away from in recent months because maybe I just fucking felt like what I was putting out wasn't very good or whatever but then you get reminded in certain circumstances that it actually impacts people and all this and I feel like other things as well, like just being a bit more controversial, put myself out there a bit more, like why am I not sending, well, there's a few investors that I think I would just love to meet and you know, they could be life-changing opportunities and for, I've got plenty of great people in my network that I already know, but like, I don't know, there's one or two that come to mind. Why am I not sending them a DM and just asking them for a coffee? Granted, they might not ever fucking reply, but why have I not got the balls to do that? Probably deep down, I just think they won't reply or whatever it is. Um, and yeah just think about that because there's probably things that you can do for free that could completely move the needle like why am I not buying a (laughs) I had this idea of and I thought it was a joke but I actually think it's genius now like why am I not doing viral stunts where I buy like a 10 meter tall blow up fucking mushroom put space goods branding on it put like fuck SSRIs as a slogan or something and then put a QR code to the website why am I not doing that in the middle of the night in like Oxford Oxford Street partly because I could probably go to prison for it I don't know but if I really didn't give a shit what other people think, why would I not do something like that? And like deep down, the answer is probably because I'm scared of what people would say that didn't like it, you know? So things like that I'm thinking about. But yeah, I guess that was kind of my final thought. And yeah, I think a reminder to anyone is you can fucking change a lot of stuff in a year. Um, Maybe I will put a Twitter thread out about me from a year ago. um, Try and make it knowledgeable and shit. But that's a 27 minute video a lot was covered there we haven't caught up in a while I haven't documented stuff for like three weeks so hopefully that was remotely interesting um, if anyone watches the full thing every time I put this up like comment and let me know because I feel like I should fucking send you like a Christmas card or some shit because this must be painful but yeah document the journey space goods to the fucking moon as always and just stay on the warpath I'll catch you next week in the next episode peace